Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 67. My name is Damien Ross, and I'm the host of the Rootless Living Podcast and the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine. I've been a full-time RVer and digital nomad since 2017. If you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it is like to live a life that is still full of travel while you're working, aka being a digital nomad. So on this episode, I chat with Jessica, and today we get to talk about what it's like for a family to downsize a ton, keep their home, rent it out while traveling full-time in an RV. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Jessica to the show. How are you? Good. How are you, Damien? I'm doing really good. Thanks for asking. I always like it when people ask me back. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You notice that when you shock people and they're like, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? They're like, oh, wow, no one's ever asked me. <laughs> Most people just want me to take their order. Right. Um, so where are you in the world right now? Um, I am currently in um, South Lake Tahoe. Um, we have been in this area for um, almost five weeks. Oh, nice. That's a good stretch of time. And yeah. what, do you, uh, what do you consider yourself? Full-time, part-time, sometime? There is no wrong answer. Uh, full-time. Nice. And what are you uh, traveling and living in? Um, I am in a um, fifth wheel, a two, 2020 um, Grand Design Reflection. Okay, so brand new rig, first rig? No, um, it's our second rig. So we, when we started out, we had a oh, 2010 um, Crossroads Cruiser that we um, completely gutted and renovated. That was also a fifth wheel. And we were in that for almost two years and we just living in it, we decided there were some things that we kind of um, wanted um, that we didn't know beforehand. Um, so we got a new rig last August and have been in this one ever since. Now, when did full-time start for you? I'm assuming it didn't start in 2010. I think you just probably bought someone else's new to you correct. kind of rig. And uh, yeah, what, when did full-time start for you? Um, we hit the road November, 2018. Okay. And where were you living and what were you doing back in October of 2018? <laughs> um, so we are from Utah, um, outside of Park City, Utah. Um, so living in a sticks and bricks there, um, my husband and I working full time. I had, um, had and still have, um, two young kids. My kids were, um, two and three. Um, in daycare full time, and we were just living the perceived American dream, just working and uh, spending all our time um, not doing what we wanted to do. So, but we loved, we, we were happy. We, we love where we're from and um, yeah, life was good. I gotcha. I always like to do the, so what was the, the house you left square footage wise? And if you know the 2010 square foot, what was the difference? Um, I, I think our house was uh, about 2,400 square feet, and wow, then we moved nice. into, I think, 350 square feet. So tell me about that process. There's a lot of people listening. This always seems to be fascinating for people, especially people with small kids and like the full, you know, family. Um, how was that process downsizing from, you know, losing over 2,000 square feet of living space? It was hard, and um, I, I think I would say it was hardest for my husband, who is a bit of a hoarder, um, even more so than my kids. So um, my husband had been holding on to 
just kind of like a lot of um, knickknacks from you know his childhood and and um, his whole life. So that was that was really challenging for him to kind of downside downsize some of those items. Um, but what we did is we had a I think we had two garage sales. Um, so try to sell as much as we could. Put a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace to get rid of things that way and basically got our um, kind of like personal belongings that we didn't necessarily want to bring with us into about maybe four oversized totes. Um, and as far, as far as like our big furniture and stuff went, we actually still own our home and rent it out and we rent it fully furnished. So we didn't have to deal with moving out, you know, beds and tables and couches and things like that. So that was really nice. Um, and then at the very end, anything that we weren't able to sell or um, donate, we did do another, we did do a big donation um, haul as well. Um, we had we had the nonprofit come with a big oversized truck and, and they took maybe half of the, the items and the rest we basically just put on the, on the sidewalk and I posted on Facebook like free items, come and get them and they were gone and like 15 minutes. So, um, so yeah, it was just a process over about three months of downsizing. When did the idea like hit you guys to go full time? I mean, it sounds like you guys were having discussions, especially with kids in daycare and then all the work and all that, but when did the actual idea and where did it come from? Yeah, you know, we try, we get asked that question a lot and we honestly cannot remember where and when the conversation started. Um, but I want to say it started pre-kids. We originally had the idea of converting a school bus into a, into a tiny home. Um, I think we had seen seen it on on um, social media and YouTube, and we just thought it was a really cool idea. Um, after having kids, and you know, kind of just really just toying around with this idea for so long, um, we came to realize that we would never have the time to convert a school bus to a home. Um, so we started um, looking into RVs and realized um, that's probably the best route for us. Um, just started following some people on social media, watching YouTube videos, and it just seemed like the kind of lifestyle we wanted to live. And we finally just pulled all the triggers and made it happen. Now is the renting of the house, was that because it can be an income source or is that because, you know, we don't know if we want to do this and we have a place to go back to. And even if you decide to stop doing this, do you think you'll go back to that house? Is that the plan? Um, no, that is not the plan. And it never, never was the plan. Um, we definitely held on to it for um, an additional income source. Um, we'd only owned it for two years. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of equity in it at the time and just the area that we're from um just property values going up and up and up so we just thought it made sense to hold on to it um super easy to rent it out and they're paying our mortgage and then some so it just it just made sense yeah totally but, uh no we, we definitely uh weren't holding on to it you know just in case we wanted to go back and we don't plan on on going back there Gotcha. No, it's just one of those things that people talk about, especially when they own a home. Like, should we keep it? Should we sell it? And it really is an individual kind of decision. And I always like to pry, is it more of a, an income base or a safety net? And 
it looks like it was not a safety net and it is an income base, which is nice. Or at least, you know, let's build up the equity and then get rid of it. Do you guys have a timeline or is it just, hey, we're going to full time or we're going to keep doing it as we keep enjoying it? Um, we've gone past our original timeline. We originally said two years. Um, so that would have been last November. And as of now, we do not have an end date. Um, we, you know, we have maybe the next year or so kind of planned out in our minds and then we'll go from there. I think having like, whether it's one year, I think two years, probably really good to say that we'll at least do it for two years right. and then make a decision. Cause it's, it's a lot to do to get into this life, to only do it for a year. So I think a two year is a really good, smart kind of marker. Can we talk about you guys professionally a little, like what were you guys doing back then? And something I've been bringing up lately is were there a lot of degrees, whether BAs or masters in order to do that work. So kind of explain what you guys were doing then, and then we can transfer, transfer into kind of what you're doing now. I'm sure. So I, what I was doing then um, is pretty much what I'm doing now. Um, so I was working for a digital marketing agency. Um, I'd been working in digital marketing for, at that time, just over 10 years. Um, I, the original plan was for me to completely quit working. Um, so I did, I did quit that job um, once we started to go full time. Um, we just needed, you know, thought we needed one person kind of dedicated to watching the kids who would no longer be in daycare and eventually homeschooling. So um, I did quit um, my job with the digital marketing agency, um, but I have gone back to work part-time, um, I guess over the last year or so. Um, and I am still doing digital marketing. Um, I, I um, specialize in SEO. Um, so I'm working for a, um, I'm working as a freelancer, but for an agency that only hires freelancers. Um, so I'm really able to kind of pick and choose how much I want to work um, and things like that. So kind of still, still within the same um, field as I was when we left, just doing it on a part-time basis. I think when you hear the term like American dream and then like, you know, where people talk about like how we've gone astray. I always feel like one of the ways that we went astray is where both parents are working and, and I'll never say which parent should work or needs to work. Cause I don't think that's relevant, yeah. but I think it's so difficult nowadays to actually only have one parent working unless for some reason, you know, the parent just has an amazing gig that can financially support both. So it's really great that this lifestyle I'm noticing more and more, it's either they both have part-time jobs or one will have a full-time job and one will have like a, Hey, it's like kind of fun to still have something, but at least, you know, obviously you do have a full-time job taking care of the kids. And I just like hearing that. I don't know why I'm like, I, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. I didn't grow up in the fifties, but there's just something about it that I really like that this lifestyle brings it for a lot of people that wasn't an opportunity at all in the previous life. No, I think back and it, it never crossed my mind to not work when we had our kids. Like it was just always, we would, you know, I'd take maternity and I'd go back to work and the kids would go to daycare like that. It, I never thought any different. And now I can't imagine us not having the time we now have with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we, we set it up in a way where my husband and I both have days where we're, you know, with the kids schooling, doing that sort of, stuff and then we have our days where we're 
we're working, which we both enjoy doing as well. Um, so yeah, it's great. I mean, full disclosure, I'm, I don't know your husband's name. What's his name? His name's Ross. Ross. Oh, okay. So my last name. So we're, we're yep. definitely not related because that would be awkward for him to have. <laughs> I do have a cousin named Ross and everyone's like, is his name Ross Ross? I'm like, no, it's my, my mom's side. His last name's not what my mom got married into. Um, so what's cool is right now, Ross is actually wrangling the kids or he would be on the program, but then we'd also have kids on the program. So um, Ross is taking one for the team, which is really nice. So Ross, if you end up listening to this, thank you very much, sir. Um, and I just, there's something about it that really makes me happy and smile where there's this more of a, like in this lifestyle, there's more of a partnership. There's a lot more time spent with kids and family. And I think that's just super important. It's such a huge, like just up in this lifestyle. And, you know, it, it just has to keep getting mentioned and talking about. And one of the things I do like to talk about is like degrees and stuff like that. Is there, was there a lot of that in both of your guys' previous work that's still needed in today or no? I mean, it doesn't matter if you didn't go to college to me, don't worry, I'm not gonna yeah. that. Um, no, I went to school. Um, I graduated from the University of Utah um, with a, a bachelor's in hospitality and tourism management. So completely unrelated to what I am doing now. Um, I just right out of college, I started working for a property management company because I lived in a touristy town and that's, you know, where a lot of the jobs were and I got stuck into their marketing department um, and I just kind of went on from there, fell in love with digital marketing and have just kind of, you know, taught myself over the last uh, well over a decade. I think it's really funny that I'm running into this more and more where people are, they have degrees, but it has nothing to what they're doing now. Oh yeah. And which is yeah, I, funny to me. And it's almost like this lifestyle that we're living today is the lifestyle we should be, should have lived, lived, sorry, from 18 to like 23 instead sure. of going to college. I mean, just traveling the United States, figuring out with a group of friends, whatever it is. I always talk about that on the show, this idea that you have to graduate high school and somehow know what you want to do when you're 30, 40, and 50. I just, how is the American dream not evolving where we're saying, hey, this is stupid. Take a couple of years, travel sure. the country, figure it out. Yeah, it's so weird. So that's great that it sounds like you're at peace with that. I have run into people where it's like, I can't believe all this money into college and master's and it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I wish I had all that money back and all that time back. No, I mean, I, I'm glad I went to college for different reasons. You know, just, I had that experience, which is great. It maybe hasn't led to like my professional life 20 years later, um, but that's okay. I, I, I don't regret it. Is Ross doing the same thing that he was doing back in uh, Utah or did he have a career change at all? Um, he's had a little bit of a career change. Um, and so his side um, side hustle has now become his primary um, focus. So when we left Utah, he was working um, also in digital marketing, but um, focused on affiliate um, marketing. And he was doing that primarily when we hit the road until about that's the middle of last year. Um, and he's always had kind of prior to working in digital marketing, he was working in the healthcare field and he's just always been passionate about um, insurance. I, I don't know why, but I'm God bless his heart. Like he just, he just geeks out on it. So um, he's always been kind of trying to help people understand um, health insurance and life insurance and just um, kind of figure out all of that out. Um, and then last year, um, last summer, he got licensed um, as an insurance 
broker and has been building that business ever since. So that is now his primary focus. He does still do some digital marketing on the side. Um, so he's been able to kind of follow his passions and start a business, um, which has been great. I don't think I'll ever have a guest where the husband's passion is insurance, which is, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, which is really cool. Is he, is he niching down to like RVers or is it just standard? Like, no, he, he has, he, I mean, he, he, he's helping pretty much anyone. Um, but he has really taken a focus in the, um, full-time community. He's gotten licensed in a number of States. Um, and he has helped quite a few families figure out the, the, the craziness of being um, insured while, while traveling. So that is definitely one of the markets he has kind of dove into. And it's, it, it's been great to see him be able to help families kind of navigate that because I, I know a lot of people have no, no clue, uh, me for instance. So, um, so yeah, it's been great. Yeah, and for me, like, I don't know if I went like on a four week road trip, let's say, where I knew that that's what I was doing, that I would worry about my health insurance. Like, I don't even think that would come up. It would just be like, all right, I'm going for four weeks, let's go. It is something once I decided to go full time, then I started thinking about like, hey, ooh, what does happen if something goes wrong? And those are the kind of questions. But it is funny that we don't think about it like when we're, we're gonna go to New York for two weeks, it's the same thing, you know? Right. If you went for two weeks, if you went for two years, really, it's the same thing. You could get injured. And what do you do while you're in New York while you're injured? Will your yeah. insurance cover it? Most people don't check that stuff, which is weird to me too. No, I never thought about it before leaving either, but it's, you know, and you don't only, living the full-time travel life, you not only have to think about those, you know, accidents happening, but also just your um, preventative care. So getting your your annual physicals and taking the kids to the, you know, to get their wellness checks, like you have to think of all of that. And um, chances are, you're not going to be going back to the same place, you know, every year. If you are, that's great. But if not, you need to think about doing that, you know, in different states. Without a doubt. Yeah, I'm going to digress a little and go back to travel because I think I did skip over a couple things. So it sounds like you've been in, you know, South Tahoe for about five weeks. Is that your normal kind of stay range? And just, you know, like, kind of bring me into what it's been like the last two years, how many states you've been to and how long you normally kind of stay in one place? Yeah, um, so COVID definitely impacted how we traveled. So when we started out, we, um, for the most part, we would be in a location for about three weeks. So we're a thousand trails members and our membership allows us to stay um, up to 21 days. Um, so that was primarily how long we would stay. <clears throat> Once COVID hit, uh, we were on the East Coast and we kind of got stuck. <laughs> we were stuck in South Carolina, um, kind of when the, the lockdown first happened last spring. And we were there for almost two months. Um, and from there, we traveled up the coast throughout last summer into the fall. And we primarily stayed with family. And we, we stayed for, for longer periods of time. So we'd stay a month plus. Um, since coming back on the West Coast, 
Um, we actually spent about four months in Park City, Utah, where we're from. Um, we, we missed the snow being away for it, from it for two years. So we decided we wanted to, to ski this winter. Um, so we started out our ski trip um, home in Park City. So we were able to spend time with family and friends, which was great for the holidays. Um, and then we've been kind of chasing the snow ever since. And we're back to about that um, anywhere from two to three week stay. Um, but the reason that we're here for longer is we are getting vaccinated here. So we ended up getting our first shots a couple of weeks ago, and we're just waiting to get our second shots next week. Um, so that's kind of um, stretched out our stay here. But once we get the second shots, we will be moving on. There you go. Do you guys yeah. have like, uh, like, you know, a lot of people say they want to visit every national park or they want to do all 48. Is there anything like that in and around kind of your travel? Um, there really isn't. We don't have, you know, any sort of goal in mind. Um, we're really just kind of um, sort of winging it. And, you know, my husband and I both have places on our list, the places we wanted to go, places we want to see. Um, we want to visit family. Um, so those things really drive where we go. Um, but no, we have no no um, goal of, you know, visiting every state or national park or anything like that. So just kind of winging it. Gotcha. And so you went from a 2010 use that you renovated to a 2020 new. How was the process buying a 2020? Because, wow, this this whole industry has gone completely bananas with people running out and driving RVs. Uh, how was that process for you? It was hard because um, there were very specific requirements that we wanted in our new RV. Um, so we got our list of um, potentials, you know, potential rigs down to about five. And um, we had a really hard time finding one in the area that we were in at the time. So we were back east, we were in New Hampshire, um, and we just had a hard time finding rigs that, that were on our list. And once we found one, they would go super quick. Um, so finally, we got lucky. We found one on our list. Um, it was in Vermont. Um, we went and looked at it and just decided right there and then, you know, we're going to get it. So, so it was hard just because um, they, they were selling like hotcakes and finding exactly what we wanted um, within like a reasonable drive for us was, was pretty difficult. How, how, how was it selling your old rig though? Um, funny story, my mother-in-law actually ended up um, buying our old rig. So she is recently retired. And um, before we left the East Coast, we actually went and um, parked our old rig up on the coast of Maine. And she will be moving into it here in a couple, I guess, a couple weeks now. Um, and it's going to be her retirement home. So she is... Um, I guess we've inspired her to live the the full-time RV life and um, she bought her old rig. Wow. Is she going to be stationary or is she going to be moving? Um, stationary for the most part. So she'll be spending the summer in Maine and then my husband is actually going to be um, flying out to help her move west um, to, I think, Arizona is where she wants to where she wants to settle um, for the for the long term, she wants to be somewhere warm. Um, so he'll be moving her out to Arizona this coming fall, and then she'll be stationary there. Oh, cool! That's very cool. I think yeah. anytime we can, you know, 
help people understand just downsizing, whether it is full-time and traveling or full-time and just, you know, downsizing to something smaller is huge too. It just makes life so much easier. And I, I like that, you know, for you, especially with two kids, how big of a difference has it been instead of being in, you know, in charge of 2,400 square feet with two kids, now you're in charge of, you know, 400 square feet and two kids. How big of a time saver? I mean, like let people know what that's been like for you. I mean, it's been huge. I would spend, you know, on the weekends back in our sticks and bricks, I'd spend a full day, you know, cleaning the house. And that's one of my two days off was just spent vacuuming and picking up and, and cleaning and, and it was terrible. <laughs> and now, you know, I can completely clean, pick up, you know, I'm talking vacuum, mop, um, you know, clean the bathroom, kitchen, things like that. You know, it takes me 30, 45 minutes tops. Um, and, and honestly, like, I don't, like the house is pretty clean, you know, the majority of the time it, it is hard with um, two little kids, um, but I honestly don't care as much. There you go. Um, as I did back home. I don't know why it was so important to me. I mean, I still obviously want to keep a clean home and we do, but um, it's just not my top priority on a weekly basis as it, as it once was. Yeah. We were boondocking recently and some friends happened to come to the same boondocking spot and we'd been there about 12 days and, you know, we just went through a renovation and had the same exact layout rig. So obviously they wanted to see it. I was like, you guys come down, but I'm not cleaning it. And I'm not pretending like I'm not cleaning it. And then I clean it. And then you come down and you're like, wait, this isn't clean. I'm not cleaning it. And <laughs> I, I remember when they walked in and I kind of looked around, I was like, man, back in my old house after 10 days, it would look so worn and tore up that because there's such less stuff, it's, it really allows there to be less mess. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's kind of destroyed, like it, it's not going to look like it would if it was a moving day, which is probably one of our cleanest days. But it was still funny yeah. that I just didn't have to go through to have people come and visit and walk through it and check it out. So that's so funny. Yeah, I definitely um, back home. <clears throat> if my floor would have been in the state as it is sometimes, say if we're at the beach or in the desert, like I would have lost my mind. But yeah. now I have just learned to embrace the sand and the the pine needles, and it, and it is it is part of us, and and that's okay. <laughs> Are the kids spending more time outside now too as well, or is it about the same? Um, I, I think definitely more time outside. I mean, they were they were very young when we left. Um, my daughter was two and my son was three. Um, they're now four and six. Um, but yeah, they definitely spend a lot of time outside. Um, and it's been nice recently. Um, like I mentioned, we'd been in we've been in winter since November. Um, and it's just starting to warm up here um, in Tahoe where we are now. And it's been so nice. And the kids are outside basically right after school until bedtime. So it's been, it's been awesome. That's very cool. And the last thing I want to talk about too is in your old life, what was your guys' commute like? I, I can't assume that you're working from home, but maybe you were. But was there a commute to and from work at all? And if there was, how long was that? Yeah, so actually my my last position um, when we lived back in Utah was remote. Um, so I, I, I was working from home, um, which was nice. Um, but my husband, my husband was driving about an hour. Um, and, and that really, 
that really had a big impact on our family life. Um, so, you know, some nights, depending on the traffic, it would be an hour and a half. And um, by the time he got home, you know, because my daughter was so young, she would be in bed mm. some nights. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're really grateful to not have to deal with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not until you get away from it that you really are like, you start doing the math on time, which is so weird where it's like, I spend so much time commuting, so much time doing yard work, so much time cleaning, so much time just getting people to and from, or even the, like the mental pressure of, Hey, we're going to be doing this this weekend. Do you want to come by? And it's like, Oh, he just did stuff last weekend. Like, it's just weird that those things go away. And now you're like, yeah. what, what do I do with my time? Well, we do what we're going to transfer in. I don't usually do these like really kind of cheesy transfers, but let's do it anyways. Transitions, I should say, but when you're not working and you're not traveling, uh, what are you guys doing for fun? What's something you guys enjoy doing? And especially if it's different than the old life. Mm -hmm. um, well, the past, um, you know, couple months or so, we've been spending the majority of our time skiing, which is something my husband and I, you know, just grew up, we both grew up skiing and it's something we really missed because um, the first two years, you know, we were chasing that 70, 70 degrees that most RVers are. Um, so our kids have learned to ski and it's been awesome. And um, yeah, that's really how we've been fam uh, spending our family time this past winter um, and we've loved it. Um, during the warmer months, we do a lot of hiking. Um, that is something that we did a little bit of back home, um, not as much as you would think being from Utah. Um, so that is something I have really learned to love. I find it almost therapeutic and um, it's something that I've gotten my kids to love. Um, I mean, they, they don't always enjoy it, but it's something that um, that, that we've found that we, we enjoy doing as a family. So we spend a lot, a lot of time hiking, um, a lot of time skiing, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, warmer summer months where we get to spend a lot of time um, swimming. We've got plans to go to the beach, which we love to do. Um, so yeah, just, just being outside. Yeah, when it comes to hiking with kids, are you guys the, like the backpack parents where the kids are in backpacks or are they like on the trail with you? Uh, we were. Um, we we sold the pack um, this past fall, so my daughter finally outgrew it. But both of my kids were in the pack at one point, um, but now they're both walking, um, you know, on their own and very very little complaining actually. Um, so they do they do awesome. They do awesome. I definitely motivate, bring treats in my pocket, and we definitely it, it's we take longer than, you know, hiking without kids. We stop and look at every rock and every tree and, and that's okay. That's like part of, part of the reason I love hiking with them is um, because we do stop and talk about our surroundings, which is great. Um, so yeah, they're both, they're both walking. See, I got to remember that instead of taking a break, I'm stopping and talking about my surroundings. I got I to gotta steal that one. That's really yeah. smart. You know, yeah, what, what kind of tree is this? I wonder what, let me look this up. I'm going to use that one for sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I become kind of a spoiled child on my hikes when it's not a loop. The hikes that are, you know, out and back, yeah. kind of like on the way back, I'm like, eh, I've already seen all this. I really look <laughs> for like loop hikes. Like I like, the, you know, like th it just seems like unnecessary to go back the way I've already been where it's like, why don't, there's nothing new here. Why can't someone pick me up? Why isn't there a helicopter? 
And then, That's so funny. Because, yeah, I definitely, like, when I'm looking at the All Trails app and I see that it's out and back, I'm kind of like, uh. But, I mean, it doesn't, you know, stop me from doing it. But, um, yeah, I definitely get a little bit bummed when it's not a loop. And now my kids even talk in hiking lingo where the last they'll be like, is this a loop or, a, you know, out, <laughs> out and back? And it's it's just funny. <laughs> that is funny. I, uh, I when We were somewhere in Sedona. And we went to hike out to like what's supposed to be a cave. And you learn really quickly that people are really good at taking photos and making like a meh kind of area look amazing. And you get up there and you're like, wait, is this the same place? Let me get back to the Instagram that I saw. And then you realize, oh, they have a telephoto lens. They like fish eyed this. They made this look. It's this. What? Why did we even come here? We had a kayak experience where we kayak like three miles to get to this cove that was nothing but a crack in a wall. Like, I swear to you, it was like, I can't believe I just kayaked three miles to get to a place that I could see how they did it in the photos, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't need to go three miles to do that. Especially there and back. It wasn't a loop kayak. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, I think a lot of people too, in regards to kids, especially young kids, think that this is the wrong time to kind of do it with kids and it's been nice kind of hearing you know from you but did you have concerns about that and like let's talk about family really quick i will always make the assumption that you possibly live close to in-laws and family and now you're taking the kids away possibly not but then you know you know obviously they're young enough that you're not really taking them from like you know long friendships but what was that like taking the kids on the road and what was some of the feedback you got from family and friends yeah, um, so we have some family in Utah. My mom's in Utah. Uh, my in-laws are all over the place and my dad's back east. Um, so we weren't physically taking them away from a ton of people, um, but there was definitely some concern. Um, some some of the grandparents were really excited and thought it would be awesome. Um, and then there was some hesitation around, you know, is it safe? Is this the best, you know, choice for the kids? How are you going to work? And, you know, those, those, I, I get it. Those are realistic concerns for parents and grandparents to have. Um, but it didn't take long for those grandparents that had their concerns to see how great, you know, we as a family are doing and how great the kids are doing. Um, so that's been really nice to kind of see that turnaround. And now everyone agrees that, we're all, you know, thriving. So, so that's been good. Um, yeah, as far as, you know, taking the kids away from friendships, like you said, they were pretty young. So, you know, we didn't get any sort of pushback from the kids saying, you know, no, I don't want to go. I'm going to miss my friends. So, um, so that was nice. Um, I was definitely concerned with the homeschooling aspect. It's not something I ever imagined I would do um but they're young um so I, I i figured i could i could tackle it and i've grown to love it and i don't know that even if we do settle down one day if they'll ever go back to traditional school um because i have just i've just found it great um so yeah so yeah there were definitely some concerns to start out with but um but we have definitely realized that there was no need for concern. Everyone's doing great. Yeah, it is something that a lot of people do. It's one of the fears, like what's the family going to say? And 
know, how do we, especially if there's a really close knit in regards to them living really near, in, like, you know, where they can see each other often, where it becomes quantity versus quality time in a way. But a lot right. of people do get kind of worried about it. I, I do agree with you, the homeschool, all my kids are grown. I had no desire to ever homeschool my kids. And unfortunately, I probably only could up until about five or six and, and really be there for them in regards to what they're learning. <laughs> Otherwise, dad's no help. You're not coming at me with calculus problems. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally remember how to do that. <laughs> but the kids that I've met, you know, like on the road yeah, that are being homeschooled from the road, road schooling's a lot different than homeschooling. And, you know, I can't really necessarily put my finger on it, but the kids are different. I think a lot of the fears of, uh, you know, they're not going to have their like social skills or, you know, they're all going to have long hair and, you know, like blue denim dresses or whatever it is that like stereotype that goes with it. I just haven't noticed that in the road school kids at all. No, it's been really, cool. but I also think if I had the mentality I have today too, about everything I've learned in and around what we've done in high school, college, or even, you know, masters that, you know, unless you really know you're going into something that requires those, like even your high school education should be different in a way. I feel is like what we're learning is, you know, just parents and people, the stuff that we're putting on kids, the calculus and algebra two, and, you know, right. like, like even the levels of science when you're not going to be a scientist, but yet they can't fill out a job application or change an oil in a car. You know what I mean? It's just a weird phenomenon that we've done as a country. Yeah. I can totally go down a, like a terrible rant right now. So I'm going to try to stop. Um, so I'm glad that homeschool is working for you. It is one of those things that's either hit or miss. How has it been, you know, with, uh, you know, other kids? Is it just really easy if there's other kids in the campground? Boom, parents want play dates or what's that been like? So COVID has definitely made it, you know, interesting. Um, when we first started out, probably the first, I guess, year, um, we met tons of other kids in um, the parks, especially when staying in Thousand Trails parks. It seems like a, a lot of full-timers, um, especially with kids, um, have opted for the, the Thousand Trails membership. So I met a ton of kids, um, a couple families that we met, you know, multiple times. So, you know, for instance, there was a family that we met in, in Palm Springs and we kind of were on the same path all the way up the West Coast, um, 2019. Um, and then we saw them again the next year in Florida and spent time with them in Florida. Um, so that was great. Uh, then COVID hit and obviously, you know, wasn't a ton of social interaction. We were staying um, not really in Thousand Trails Park, staying with family, um, things like that. Um, so obviously we missed out on the socialization there as I'm guessing everyone did. Um, but it's been great now kind of seeing the kids come back together in the parks and the park we're at now, tons of kids. And, um, I've just really enjoyed seeing my kids back out there playing with, with, with other, um, kids their age. So, so yeah, we, we definitely meet lots of other, lots of other families, full-time families, families, just, you know, vacationing, um, whatever it may be. We, we definitely love interacting with other campers. You know, it's funny for me, I'm, I'm a big guy, big beard, ton of tattoos. I've raised four kids. I actually really like kids. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. but, it, but it's so funny when parents, like I used to love when I'd be at like playgrounds with my kids and then parents would look at you and, you know, like, Hey, which one's yours? And I'd always make the joke. Oh, I haven't picked one yet. 
And you know, they'd be like, what? And I'm like, no, it's the the two over there. And they're like, oh, okay. But I enjoy like if a little kid will want to talk and you know, the parents there, I really enjoy it because it's just, it's really nice. Like that's what happens like in your neighborhood, you know, and it, it does take you back to that. So I really enjoy when that's happening. Um, I noticed that I feel like parents are a lot more relaxed because I feel like when I was in cities and being a big guy, there was, you know, a little bit of concern until you got to know me, but there's just something when they see another RVer, the community is just different. And yeah. that part I really like about it. It's not to say the parents aren't, you know, keeping an eye on their kids or, you know, anything of that nature where you're taking your guard down in a weird way. It's just different, which is really nice. And, and even to the point where in city, I didn't really like talking to people's kids because how defensive the parents were protective. And it's kind of like, you're like, well, here's a photo of my kids. You know, I'm not just some weird creep. I just think <laughs> it's funny when kids want to ask me how tall I am or what are those writings on my arm? And I don't mind having those conversations. Um, right. So it is fun, but I do agree that it really has shot down a lot in the past, you know, because of what's going on with COVID and which I, you know, I think it's, again, I really have gotten to these terrible transitions with you. And I don't know if anyone remembers that, that Dan, I can't remember his last name, the actor had a talk show where he literally be like, oh yeah, it was really tragic. Two girls died in a car accident. Hey, have I talked to you guys about my new shoes? These <laughs> transitions were terrible that they called, they were called transitions, but I want to do the high low. So we'll start with the low. It can't be COVID, can't be internet, can't be a flat tire. But what's been a low in this lifestyle that maybe you didn't see coming? Um, you know, we kind of have been talking about meeting other kids. Um, I guess along those lines is um, I do I do miss a sense of community, and I know that can be found in the RV life. Um, and maybe this past crazy year has just like amplified you know not having community because I'm sure other people are feeling that as well um but that is definitely something I miss you know we were just back in Utah for the winter um and while I have no desire you know to settle down it was nice um like I read like the local newspaper and like I cared about like what it was talking about and like um like seeing my friends and just, um, I don't know, I just felt like a part of a community. Um, and I guess I, and I, I kind of missed that. And I, I didn't, I don't think I realized I did until, until we were back there for a while. Um, but again, I know it's something that can be found on the road. And I look forward to now that things are becoming more normal, kind of, you know, finding that community again. Yeah, I think for me, I really enjoyed like, taking a day or a half day and going to work at a Starbucks. I think that's the thing that I've kind of has been like my norm, but then even more is my local Starbucks. They knew who I was and they like knew yeah. my drink. It was kind of the norm kind of cheers moment. That's the thing. Right. So I totally get it, but it is, it is nice. I mean, five weeks is a good amount of time. It really does like recharge you to want to get back on the road too, which is interesting. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No matter how long we stay in a place when it's time to go, like I'm ready. <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm always ready to go. And we all kind of are. We, we all get excited. Yeah. I did yeah. 10 days in a hotel not too long ago. We're wow. getting solar installed and I, I, I was losing my mind and it's, it was probably as much square foot as my rig. It's just something different. And I know people like that's their vacation is to go somewhere where you're in a hotel. I was right. literally losing my mind. Like I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, let's go. You, didn't oh, sorry. you didn't have your space and your thing. I'm so used to it. That couch was terrible. I still can't believe they put a couch <laughs> in that hotel. 
Um, let's talk about the high. What's been the, I can't believe this is our life kind of moments that you've had since being on the road. Um, I would probably say, you know, some of the cool places we've been. Um, I can think of like one specific morning. Um, we were up in um, British Columbia. Um, I think it's Jasper National Park or between Jasper and Banff on the um, Columbia Icefield Road. Um, and we were boondocking outside uh, or next to a um, a glacier and I just woke up in the morning and I opened like our, our, our blinds and there's a glacier outside my front door and I was just like wow this is crazy and amazing um, and so I think just you know a lot of the the just cool unique places that we've actually been to um, and the fact that we're able to sleep in our own bed um, each night while visiting those places um, has been really cool. Um, and then besides just, you know, some of the neat, neat places we've been, I think a high has been the amount of time we've spent together, you know, as a family. Um, it's something that would never happen back home when we're working, you know, a combined 90 hours a week and the kids are in daycare or in school like it would just it wouldn't be possible so I think just the amount of time we've been allowed to spend together the fact that I am involved in my kids schooling I just love love that um so that has definitely been a high that's very cool now, if people yeah. want to reach out and find you guys and, you know, maybe track your adventures. And again, I always list this in the show notes. So folks, you don't have to try to write it down, but is there somewhere they can go and uh, find you guys? Uh, yeah, we're at boundlessbakers.com. Um, and then we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Boundless Bakers. Nice. So they're on Instagram. And if you're old, they're on Facebook. Yeah, there you go. I'm just kidding. I'm still on Facebook. I guess I am old. Hey, Jessica, thanks so much for hanging out and sharing your story. I think it really will resonate with someone that's, you know, kind of looking at and facing the same circumstances. I'm just a big believer that when you see someone that has a life that's very similar to yours, making these kind of changes, it inspires people. So I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you. Well, another great episode. Big thank you to Jessica for coming on the show and sharing your story. And thank you, Ross, for watching the kiddos so she could. If you want more information or to connect with the guests that have been on the show today, just head down into the show notes, click on any of the links. And if you do reach out to them, let them know you heard them on the Rootless Living podcast. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag Rootless Living over on Instagram, we're going to share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.